This is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Audio drama in the age of Arthur. TheTableRound.com Bear him seaward to that shore, whence came Moholt's mighty spear. Tristan, he whose wound is sore, not of hope or help is here. The Immortal Legends of the Table Round, Chapter 16 Tristan Battles the Moholt. On the far east of Britain lies Cornwall. Since the death of the great King Uther, Cornwall has been under the rule of the cowardly King Mark, who has allowed vicious Irish raiders to ravage his coastline. Seeking to end this, he summoned his nephew, the brave Sir Tristan, to parley with the High King Arthur on his behalf and to come to his aid. For too long the Kingdom of Cornwall has been negligent in the debts owed the anguished King of Ireland. Tribute is owed. And if you refuse to make good on this, King Mark, the armies of Ireland will take with his arse. And for too long I, King Mark of Cornwall, have sat here and suffered your insolence and disrespect. Have you not heard? Britain is no longer the haven of invaders and savages. Do you speak of King Arthur? We all know about the young warlord who drove out the Saxons, yet he never comes to your aid. It is said that although you have never opposed Arthur, even to this day you refuse to swear fealty to him. Is that why in all these years we've not seen the Pendragon banner thrown in Cornwall? If we are meant to fear this Arthur, where is he? He might be here at any moment. You won't want to be here when he arrives, not at all. Greeting, Uncle. Hello. Tristan, my favorite nephew, you've arrived. And you certainly took your time. Sorry I'm late. It was raining and there were Frenchmen in the way. You know how it is. So this is the great Sir Tristan, second only to Lancelot to the mightiest knight in Christendom. I hear that a lot. Well, what do you have to tell me? What word does Arthur send? Oh yes. <clears throat> Arthur, High King of the Britons, accepts the fealty of Mark of Cornwall. With the understanding you will come to his winter court in London Eam to swear in person this Christmas. Yes, yes, yes. So you see, Irishman, I am protected. Oh, I see. This lad says that Arthur says that he will protect you. But Arthur is far. But the armies of King Anguish are near. Is that a threat? You threaten me? In my own hall? King Anguish will have his tribute, or there will be war. I either leave today with gold, or I return with warriors. Then let us resolve this with personal combat. Oh, yes, yes! Let the hopes of Cornwall rest with our brightest and bravest, my beloved nephew Tristan. So be it. Let the nephew of the King of Cornwall cross swords with the champion of the Irish royal family. Let Tristan do battle with the Morholt. He accepts! <clears throat> he accepts! My most dearest nephew is the finest warrior in all the realm. Now, are you sure this is a good idea? What is a chest of gold between friends? I'm a warrior. This is what I do. Then if the Morholt wins, let Cornwall pay its tribute, as well as the last decade of tributes owed. Eh, when Tristan is victorious, 
Let the Irish plague forever leave this land. It is agreed, then. Agreed. I hope you do not love your nephew too dearly. Why say you that? Because no man on earth can harm the Marhalt. He stands nineteen hands high. He weighs twenty stone. His arms are like iron bars and his legs are like trees. He feels no pain. Are you trying to frighten me? You are brave, Sir Tristan. Even in Ireland we hear of your courage, both in the service of Arthur and in Brittany. But whatever the Marhalt strikes will be destroyed. Sounds like a lovely chap. My darling little Enid, do you think our love will live from spring to spring? I don't know, Agravain. Ask me that when spring comes again. No, tell me now. I'll tell you all I know. If you woo me well, I'll love you well. If no one woos me better. How could you be wooed? You're already won. Most surely, sir. He who holds my heart must win it every day. And when it is won, then it must be wooed and won again. Why, was but yesterday you did swear your love would last till death. Aye, that was yesterday. And should your oath live only a day? What is there in these oaths that you poor men so cherish them? A chance they fit your rigid brains which seek with words to bind the unborn hours. But we ladies are wrong to humour you. You should not swear at all, knowing full well there's no tomorrow in a woman's heart. No tomorrow? None at all. The future all is blank. So don't ask me if I will love you when the year is over. I loved you yesterday, so be content with that. Yesterday? What about today? Today is young. Ask me at sundown. I will tell you then. Why, you? <laughs> and no. In the horrid, bloodiest battles that followed, the terrible Irish were able to resurrect their dead warriors using the magic cauldron. And yet the army of Bran the Blessed would not yield, even in the face of the voiceless, unstoppable walking dead. In the end, only seven Britons escaped alive, and mighty Bran was not amongst them. He had been mortally wounded, only surviving long enough to request that his head be cut off and buried beneath the white mountain of Londinium. The survivors did as bidden and returned to Britain. There they buried Bran's head, facing the continent, forever watchful and protective of his people. Hmm. Pagan nonsense. The Queen lets you tell this tale in court? "'Tis not a tale, Sir Bellevere. "'Tis history. "'I've seen the burial site of Bran the Blessed myself.' "'Burying someone's skull in Londinium "'is not the same as legions of resurrected warriors "'and fairy lands, "'and magical charms of protection. "'You're just a simple fool, Malduit. "'And perhaps you cannot tell the difference, "'but it all borders on blasphemy.' Then perhaps it is for the best that I left out the best part. How the head of Bran the Blessed could still speak, and how he sang and feasted with his men as they traveled. What? 
How could... How can he eat without a stomach? It's not even... And, and singing would take air. That would be... Methinks you give these tales more credence than you admit. Oh, be gone, Jester. Go learn a proper tale. Hmm. 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 There! takes your queen. Oh, I never see that coming. Sorry, sire. Don't be sorry, Grifflet. But, uh, here. Pawn to the final rank. Promote me. I thought you were the one who usually promoted pawns. Less wordplay and more chess play, man. Um... Tower captures your pawn? And bishop captures castle. And that is checkmate. Drat! You're too eager to take the other pieces, Grifflet. It makes you easy to trap. There are oft wiser moves to make than attack. You can exert control over the board in other ways. Look, look at the power a well-placed tower can give you. Or if I deploy my bishop here, I can influence your pieces here and here. I see. It's like you can dictate how I move my pieces as well. Exactly. And really, it's advantageous to control your pieces rather than remove them. See? It puts my king at less risk. Sort of like real war, isn't it? There always seem to be all sorts of things going on that matter more than simply who kills who. I suppose it is. Now that I think on it, that's probably why Merlin taught me how to play on that cold, wintry afternoon. It was always a lesson, wasn't there, old friend? Ahem. <clears throat> your Majesty? Uh, yes, what? Pardon, but Sir Caradoc is waiting on your presence in the armory. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, Sir Grifflet and I just finished our game. This reminds me of a dream I had. How strange. What was that, Ronabwe? Nothing, sire. Sorry. I'm still not certain why we have to fight out on this stinking rock. Because for the moral, to step foot on Cornish soil would be seen as an act of war. Of course. This makes so much more sense. Standing out on a big wet boulder in the bay. Oh, look over there. Look to the horizon. There are the Irish warships. No doubt filled with drooling Irish killers, ready to burn villages and eat babies and whatnot. We'll all go home once I kill the Morholt. And that must be him rowing up now. Does he have horns on his helmet? Oh, how dramatic. He's a big one. Any ideas? Mayhaps I should go find you a ladder. Gaze upon the Morholt Cornishman, Ireland's champion, a warrior of might unimagined. You can I win. Tristan of Lioness, I am the Morholt. I fear no man. 
I feel no pain. Maybe we should reconsider. Are the Irish really that bad? This is what I do. It is time! It is time for Cornwall to submit. It is time for you to fail. I'm not certain you can do this, Tristan. He's the size of a bull. I will shatter your shield to splinters. Your flowing locks will be soaked in blood. He's all bluster and hot wind. Oh, yes. Surely. All right, Irishmen. Let's make this fast. I don't want to catch a chill. <laughs> it will be quick, I assure you. Are there any formalities we're supposed to observe? Too late for that. No more words. Ha! Uh. Aha! Shattered my shield to splinters. Can I borrow yours? Of course, of course. How are you feeling out there? After that last bash. Oh. Oh, I, uh, seem to see three of them out there. Then stab the one in the middle and let's go home. The one in the middle? Yes. Ah! Put them down like a dog! Fuck's right! May anyone recognize the driver of that cart that just ran me over? Tristan? Is it out out to anybody else? Tristan! Oh, it's okay. I've done this many times before. I'll just... Over here! Oh, by Saint Colm. Oh, I can't see out there. He bent my visor shut. I need my helmet off. Egads! He's bent the steel enough to wedge your helm into your cuirass. Then just cut the strips and yank it off. I'm fighting blind out there. Cut it. I'm cutting it. I'm cutting it. What can I do out there? He's invincible. You can't outfight this beast. You can't just keep acting like this is a duel. It's not. Just go out there and kill him. Kill him fast. Fast? Fast. Fast. All right. I'm waiting for you and your little friend to fight for you. Now that is uncalled for. Rah! Take that! Look at him. He's starting to stagger. You made him bleed, Tristan. He's a man, not a monster. He's just a man. Finish him, Marholt. Now he's starting to weaken. Are you mad? He's like a piece of iron. Yeah! Backwards! You got him! The world does not retreat! Ah! Oh! Oof! Damn you, little man! Why won't you stay down? What did you say? Because I'm not smart enough to know. When I'm losing! Watch out! You got him! Ha! There! More halt! No! Not so big when you're on your back, are you? Give me back my sword. It's in there pretty tight. Uh, 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 uh,
It looks like his skull was as hard as his helmet, and took a good-sized chunk of your blade. A neck I will look at with great honor. You were a great warrior, Morhot. I wish I could leave your body in peace, but honestly, I don't think we can lift you back into that boat. Oh, here's your tribute, Irishman. Take the Morhalt's head back to your island and tell them that no Cornish man will ever kneel to a tyrant. I'll carry it back to Ireland with your words, Sir Tristan. See you do that. And be careful. Those waves are really picking up out there. Be Cornishman. You look like hell. Maybe. But it's all... Worth it. How so? I mean, isn't it better for two men to go out and kill each other? Isn't that better than whole nations, untold thousands, fighting and dying? You're very philosophical for a man with more blood on his armor than in his skin. Do you still have any of that cherry wine? Always, my friend. Always. Let us go drink to victory. Aye. Victory. The ambassador has returned from Britain, your highness. Princess Isolde. I see you have returned. But where is my betrothed? Where is Marholt? And where is the tribute from Cornwall? I, I am sorry, your highness. There is no tribute, and the Marholt will not return. That is impossible. I... No man on earth is a match for my Marholt. You lie. What is in that basket? I am so sorry, your highness. Give me that. Your Highness, it is best not to look. No. Oh, Bagora. Oh, dear Morhold. What did they do to you? Your sweet eyes. Your sweet eyes are caked, closed with blood. Closed now. Forever. Your kind lips. I will never sing again. Ireland will not stand for this. I will not stand for this. If I have to burn every inch of Cornwall to the ground, I will have my vengeance. This vain glorious hero who slew my beloved will learn to fear the princess Isolde. Hello, this is Marissa Stubbs, and I play the Princess Isolde. County Cornwall, in the southeast of England, has long played a part in the legends of Camelot. Tintagel Castle, a fortification dating at least as far back as the first century, is called by some the birthplace of Arthur, and others as the real Camelot. Today, it is one of the most popular tourist destinations for Arthurians. And, if you scramble over some boulders, down to the beach, you can find yourself in what is known as Merlin's Cave. 
Written by Morgan Z. Soule. Produced by Lindsay Smith. Blair Palmer Lee was Merlin. Sir Tristan was Jackson Trent. Dinadan was Richard Bumper Walker. And King Mark was David Kendall. Richard Matheson was Agravain. Whitty Cranfield was Lady Enid. Arthur was Chandler Walpole. Grifflet was T.J. Lloyd. Also featuring the voice talents of Marista Stubbs as Princess Isolde. Holly Linden as Bragwain. Your narrator is Nicola Branch. In the next chapter of the Immortal Legends of the Table Round, Arthur finds out he has a distant cousin. Sir Kay tells the tale of how a wondrous love spell led to hunting a giant boar, conversing with a giant fish, and doing battle with an actual giant. Between the shadows of thought and the light of reality lies a place long forgotten. One where hope is lost, a discovery of despair, and an appetite for unpredictable horror. It's not a place where you can lock the windows and doors, but a place where you come face to face with the fears and nightmares of your mind. You are about to embark on a journey, a journey reaching deep into the splinter of your mind's eye. You are not in control. We will bend and twist all your perceived thoughts to an unimaginable depth with things only our minds can conceive of as you travel down the last path to take, the Omega Road. The Omega Road Chronicles, a sci-fi horror anthology brought to you by Necropolis Studio Productions. Find us on the web at www.necropolisstudioprod.com. Hello, I'm John Bell of Bells in the Bat Free. It's a comedy podcast. Fridays and every other Sunday. Well, anyway, back in episode five of Bells in the Bat Free, we introduced the cowlets, tiny little cows. Where did all these cats come from? They're not cats, they're cows, and they're heading toward the water cooler. Stop it before. Now you can display your love of these tiny cows with genuine cowlet t-shirts. You know what's really fun to do with these shirts? Get a whole bunch of people to buy them. Then you all gather together and run down the street. People will see these cowlets coming toward them and think it's a stampede. You think that would really work, Brad? Shh, I'm pushing for bulk sales here. You can also get cowlet mugs, clocks, and other items. Just go to thebatfree.com and click on shop. This is a limited time offer. No, it's not. You just do not understand advertising, do you? Get your merchandise today with the official Cowlet design created by Jeff Music. Buying lots of them would bring music to my ears. Oh, stop. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together. <laughs>